They killed Jesus. He had been shaking things up in the religious community. And so the uh, Jewish authorities, in cahoots with the Roman government, took him in, brought him up on some trump charges, held a sham of a trial, took him out to the town square where they publicly beat him, they put a crown of thorns on his head to mock him, and nailed him to a cross until he was dead. Problem over. Dead. Buried. Gone forever. Right? April Fools. <laughs> Happy Easter, everyone. It's Resurrection Day. It's a day of rejoicing. So welcome, welcome. We are glad that you are here today, and we, are, we welcome everyone to rejoice with us as we celebrate Easter together. We welcome our visitors today. Uh, you're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here and have chosen to share this time of rejoicing together. I uh, would like to remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. There's a, uh, a, a purple folder there, if you wouldn't mind taking that and filling it out and passing it down the road so others can do so as well. We would certainly appreciate that. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter to keep up with our activities here at Community Baptist Church, uh, please sign that up and give us your email address. Uh, the only announcement that I have today is that we will not be having any Wednesday activities uh, on this Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be taking the day off. We normally have activities uh, on Wednesday. But uh, we've just kind of been through a busy time. And I know that it's spring break this week and a lot of people are, are out of town, and and uh, so we're just going to take a break this week and uh, not have any activities on Wednesday this week. So we'll we'll get things back up and rolling uh, in our regular schedule next week when next week comes. So happy Easter to you all! It's a joyful day, as a day we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. So let me invite you to uh, spread the joy of Easter with one another as we stand and as we greet each other in the name of the Lord.
free. Please join me in our responsive call to worship. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Darkness has been vanquished. Come, let us worship and celebrate the good news. Let us pray together. O God of awesome joy, be with us this day as we celebrate the resurrection of your Son, our Savior and our friend, Jesus Christ. Let the light of your love flood into our lives and, and through each of us to all of those who have been captured by darkness, so that your light may give them healing and freedom and hope. As we witness the surprise of the women at the tomb, the appearance of the Savior to Mary and her good news brought to the disciples, let us remember that this good news still exists for us today. For you see, darkness does not win. Death is not victorious. Christ is risen for us. For each and every one of us in this room today. And through your glorious resurrection, we are raised with Christ to a new life of hope and service. So God, allow the joy of this good news to swirl around in our hearts today. Allow our excitement for service and ministry to burst forth from us. And allow us to truly be the Easter people that you have called us to be. For we ask these things in the name of our risen Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.
not pleased for our children's time. I don't have candy, so sorry. I figure you had plenty in your Easter eggs. Good morning. This is a very special day, and it has been a very special week. I'm going to talk about this week with symbols. A week ago, on Palm Sunday, we had a very special service. It was beautiful. Thank you, Felisa, and all of those who participated. And on that day, Palm Sunday, some of you helped us by waving palms as Jesus came into our sanctuary. We were pretending to be the city of Jerusalem, welcoming Jesus. It was a huge celebration, and we laid them at his feet so that he'd have something special to walk on, a special path. But within five days, it went from a huge celebration of Jesus and his life to people persecuting him and accusing him of crimes. They took Jesus before a judge named Pontius Pilate. And they said, this man has broken our laws. And Pontius Pilate said, what has he done? And they said, he claims to be the king of the Jews. And that was against their law for anyone to claim to be king. And Pontius Pilate said, what would you have me do to this man? Does anybody know what the people said? It was a horrible thing. Would you all say it with me? Say it like you mean it. Crucify him. Crucify him. And that day, Pontius Pilate said, we shall hang him on a cross. Not a beautiful cross like this one that I keep to remind me of what Christ did, but a horrible wooden cross, rather like the one over there. And they pierced his hands with nails, and they pierced his side and his feet, and they hung him up on a very high cross. And Jesus died on that cross, didn't he? He died for us. And when they took his body down, they took him to a burial place, kind of like a cave. They didn't have fancy tombs. And they put his body in there. Three days after, we call that that day when they hung him Good Friday. Three days after that, the ladies came to the tomb to bring oils and special spices to put on his body to honor him. And he was not there. And they cried and they wept and they thought someone had taken the body of Jesus. And they said, where is, where is our Lord? Where is our Lord? And a man appeared near them. And they turned and saw him. And Mary Magdalene, thinking he was the gardener, said, Oh, sir, what have they done with the body of our Lord? We don't know where he is. And the man said, Mary? Now, if your parent says your name, do you recognize their voice? Yes, of course you do. Mary Magdalene knew the voice of Jesus. And when he said, Mary, to her, she knew that Christ was no longer dead. He was right there in front of her. She could see him. She was so excited. I'm asking Ben White to help me here. Did you all get any of these for Easter? The egg is a symbol of Easter for a very special reason. Because in an egg, and if it is left alone, what comes out of it? 
a little chicken. That's right. So from something that looks totally dead, we get something that is live and beautiful, right? Out of the tomb of Jesus, we got a living man, a living Savior. So although Jesus died on that cross, did he stay dead? No. And you know what? He knew Mary's name, and he knows each of your names, and he knows each of your names, and my name too. So let's pray to our risen Savior this morning. Dear Lord, thank you for giving your life for all of us, to take our sins from us, and for knowing each one of us personally, deep in our hearts, and make us be grateful every single day that we may live each day as Easter, remembering you. Amen.
The promise you made to return to us has been fulfilled, and we can live knowing that death does not now, nor will it ever, have the last word. And yet the words of the song that we sang Friday night still echoes in our hearts. What language shall I borrow to thank thee, dearest friend? For this thy dying sorrow they pity without end. Make me thine forever, and should I fainting be, Lord, let me never, never outlive my love to thee. Lord, it's our heart's desire to never lose sight of the sacrifice you made, the pain you suffered, the love you showed. And may we never, ever outlive our love for you. So we come to this stewardship table, and we offer first and foremost ourselves. Use us as instruments of your peace and grace. We offer the talents you implanted in us. Use them so others may see you in our handiwork. We offer our treasures. Use them to take care of your children. Thank you, dearest friend, for we are yours forever. Accept our gifts as our act of love and worship. In the name of our resurrected Lord, Jesus the Christ. Amen.
scripture today is from John 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have yet, not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. 
song. Isn't that cool? What a great song. It, it kind of reminds me of a, a, a famous sermon that one of my heroes preached years ago. Uh, his name's Tony Campolo. You've heard me quote him many times before. But he had a sermon that he based off of another sermon that his pastor preached. He goes to an African-American church in Philadelphia. And, uh, and you know how in African-American churches the sermon kind of builds to a crescendo. And the crescendo was, it's Friday. It's Friday. And they hung my Lord on the tree. They killed him that day. But Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. Well, guess what? It's Sunday. Then came the morning. Sunday is here, and we are here to rejoice. There's a funny story about a, a woman named Carol, who was the organist at her church. She was an outstanding musician. However, she did something that no organist should ever do. She overslept on Easter morning and missed the sunrise service. Well, obviously she was embarrassed by this, but the minister and the church forgave her. They teased her about it a little bit, but it was all in good fun. However, the next Easter, her telephone rang at 5 o'clock in the morning. And she scrambled to answer the telephone and discovered that it was her pastor on the other end of the line. And he said, Carol, it's Easter morning. The Lord is risen, and I suggest you do the same. I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't oversleep this morning, uh, this Easter morning, and, and miss the service today. And I'm, I'm glad that you're here to celebrate this most important day of the Christian year. The day when Jesus' followers went to the tomb. And they found that it was empty, for He had risen from the dead. Even though He had told them that this would happen... He had told them that he would be crucified, dead, and buried, and then on the third day he would be resurrected. It took a while for that to sink in. You see, this was way beyond anything that they could even imagine. I mean, the dead simply don't suddenly get undead. There was a family in Japan several years ago who, for a few hours, their lives uh, was turned upside down. It all began with a, a traffic accident in which a man uh, was killed. And the police arrived on the scene and examined the body. The, the victim was badly disfigured. But several of the witnesses thought that they recognized the car and, and identified the victim as, as a 60-year-old shipbuilder. And so the police contacted his family, and a brother-in-law came down to officially identify the body. Yes, that's him, he said. And then he went home to break the news to the rest of the family. They, in turn, spread the news to other family members who promptly gathered at the widow's home. And as you can imagine, there was a scene of, of deep mourning, and, and uh, family members were embracing one another. They were sharing remembrances with one another. They were making funeral plans. And then suddenly, right in the midst of their grieving, the front door opened, and in walked that 60-year-old shipbuilder who they thought was dead. 
He had come home from a long day at work, and he was wondering why all of his relatives were there. Were there? Had he missed some kind of a special occasion? Well, can you imagine the celebration of those family members when he showed up that day? Now, this was not a resurrection. This was simply a case of mistaken identity. But think about the joy that they felt when they called the police department to tell them that the one they thought was dead had just walked into their living room. Well, my friends, on that first Easter Sunday, that small group of grieving Christians would have been thrilled if this had been a case of mistaken identity when their master and their friend had been been pronounced dead. They would have rejoiced to see their Lord return to them, but this was different. This was not mistaken identity. This was a resurrection. And this was new territory for them. They had never known anyone who had ever been resurrected from the grave. Those kinds of things just don't happen. And notice the confusion that took place. Mary Magdalene failed to recognize him. And when the women told the disciples about the empty tomb, they dismissed it as an idle tale. And even Simon Peter, Jesus' most prominent and outspoken disciple, he didn't know what to believe. But in very short order, they all discovered that it was true. Jesus had indeed risen from the dead, just like he had said he would. And their emotions were probably just exactly like your emotions and my emotions would be. They could hardly believe it. It was simply too good to be true. But it was true. And that's why we're here today. Jesus Christ was risen from the grave. Now, there are many people who have a hard time believing in the resurrection. And I understand that. That's pretty unbelievable. I mean, after all, how many of you have ever encountered anybody who has risen from the dead? No. And I know that the so-called zombie apocalypse is popular right now in movies and TV shows. But folks, I hate to burst your bubble. That's not real. That's fiction. And besides, does it really matter that Jesus was risen from the grave? Well, that's a good question. Does it really matter? Would you be surprised if I answered with a hearty, yes, it does, it really does matter. You see, it matters if you have ever loved somebody and lost them to death. It matters. Pastor Chris Heckert tells about an experience that he had when he was a senior in high school. He showed up at church on uh, Easter Sunday morning and went to Sunday school class that morning. And there were only a couple of other kids in the, in the class that day. So their teacher asked if they were up for a field trip. And they said, yes, sure. So they all got into her van and stopped at the donut shop on their way. And eventually they, they drove up a, a winding, steep hill to a place that Chris was not very familiar with. And then when they reached the top of the hill, they turned into a gated driveway, which led them straight into a cemetery. 
And Chris wondered, what kind of sick joke is this? And then shortly after that, after they entered the cemetery, the teacher pulled the van off to the side of the road and they got out in and, and the cool, damp Easter morning. And they received their assignment as they ate donuts from a box that had been set up on top of a, a, a headstone. Their assignment was that they were to walk around the cemetery and read what they saw on the headstones. They were to make notes of, of the stories that were told on those stones. They were to become familiar with the families and, and, and the years and the inscriptions that they would read there. It was kind of strange, but a noble task that the teacher had asked them to do. And Chris now realizes that what she wanted was to, to demystify death for them and to give them a context for understanding the impact of Easter. And so after walking around for a few minutes with a half a donut in his hand, Chris realized that they were in the same cemetery that his best friend was buried in. Although his friend had been killed four years earlier, Chris had never been to his grave. He didn't really know where it was, but he found a, a caretaker who knew the, the name of the young boy and remembered his story, and he pointed Chris in the right direction. And before he knew it, Chris was standing at the grave of his best friend, Joe, on Easter morning. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to feel. He didn't understand why his teacher had brought them here, and he didn't know what she wanted to accomplish with this, but he discovered that standing there beside the grave of someone that he knew and he loved changed the meaning of Easter for him forever. My friends, the separation of death is difficult for those of us who have truly loved someone and lost them. It leaves a void that nothing else can fill. But Easter is important to us because, because of what it says about our continuing relationship with those that we love, even if they have passed on. So does it matter if Jesus rose from the grave? It does if you've lost someone to death. It also matters if you value the gift of life. You know, life is so precious, isn't it? Life is so precious. And, and no one who is physically or emotionally healthy is eager to die. Life is too wonderful for that. And, and for most of us, life is something that we want to hang on to for as long as we can. And deep in our hearts, we know that our Redeemer lives. And, but still, God has instilled within us a desire to live here on earth for as long as we possibly can. And, and we don't have to apologize for that. We don't have to apologize for, for wanting to hang on to life in this world, even as we anticipate heaven in the next world. That's just the way we were created. I like the story of um, some nine-year-old children who were asked what they thought about death and dying. And one little boy named Jim said, well, when you... When you die, they bury you in the ground and your soul goes to heaven, but your body can't go to heaven because it's too crowded there already. 
A little girl named Judy said, only the good people go to heaven, the other people go where it's hot all the time, like Florida. <laughs> Marcia said, when you die, you don't have to do homework in heaven unless your teacher is there too. I'm not sure, but I kind of think she was saying that she has some doubts about whether her teacher makes a cut or not. But a little guy named John spoke for many of us when he said, maybe I'll die someday, but I hope I don't die on my birthday because it's no fun to celebrate your birthday when you're dead. <laughs> and you know, it's true, at least on this side of the grave. But, but I wonder if we celebrate birthdays in heaven. And what birthday do you celebrate there? But whatever it is, I'm sure it's a huge celebration. Jack Nicholson was once interviewed by Parade Magazine in anticipation of, of his new film that was coming out. This was several years ago. The film was The Bucket List. Some of you probably saw it. And in keeping with the theme of the movie, Nicholson reflected on how his understanding had, of life had changed over the years. He said, we all want to go on forever. We fear the unknown. Everybody goes to that wall. Everybody goes to that wall, yet nobody knows what's on the other side of the wall. And that's why we fear death. And while I certainly understand the sentiment that he was expressing, I, I think I'll have to take exception with at least a part of what he said. Because you see, the followers of Jesus Christ, we do know what's on the other side of the wall, don't we? And we don't so much fear death as much as we resist letting go of life. And that's okay. That's okay. That's the way God created us. Life is so beautiful. Life is so rich and wonderful here on this earth. And, and we know that, that beyond this world, there is another world. And we trust God that it's going to be an even better world than we have here with better birthday celebrations. But this world has been our home for all of our lives, and we love it as God created us to love it. And so we want to live our lives for as long as we can and, and as well as we can. Yet still, death is the one thing that each and every one of, one of us will someday face. All of us. So does it matter that Christ has risen from the dead? It does if you've ever loved or been loved. It does if you value life and you want to hang on to it. And it also matters whether Christ has risen from the grave. If you want to make any sense out of this life. My friends, Easter is important not just because of what it says about life beyond the grave. And that's important, but it's more than that. It's important also because of what it says about life right here and right now. Because, folks, listen to this. If Christ lives, if Christ really was resurrected from the, from the grave, that means that life has meaning. If Christ lives, then there is hope for each of us, even in the worst of our circumstances. Even if we are at the very end of our rope, here is a knot that we can hang on to. If Christ defeated death, 
if my life goes on forever, if the gospel is really true, then we can live courageously in victorious lives. We can overcome our fears and be all that God has intended for us to be. And it is that knowledge that has given so many followers of Jesus the power that they need to overcome their circumstances and to live full and and abundant lives. And that's been happening now for over 2,000 years. It's kind of like a song that Gloria Gaither wrote many years ago. She was expecting a child at the time, and she and her husband Bill had um, been having a rough time. They'd been having some hard times. Bill had been having some some health issues, and uh, their music had drawn some critical reviews from the gospel music industry. And and then on New Year's Eve, Gloria sat down in a in a dark room. She was experiencing a lot of fear and, and despair in her life. And, and she said, I sat alone in the darkness thinking about the terrible things that have been happening in our world and all of the problems that, that we've been facing as a family and, and the, the world is facing. And we have, I was thinking about our unborn baby. Who in their right mind would bring a child into a world like this? She thought to herself. And she was at the height of her fear when, when something indescribable happened. She said, I can't quite explain it. But I, I felt just a, a sudden release from all of that. And that panic that had begun to build up inside me was gently dispelled by a, a reassuring presence. And a soft voice kept saying to me, Don't forget the empty tomb. Don't forget the empty tomb. And so she began to confess her faith in Christ. And, and she knew that she could have this baby and, and face the future with, with optimism and with trust in God. Because she had been reminded that it was all worth it. Just because he lives. And from that experience, she began to write these words. How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives, but greater still the calm assurance the child can face uncertain times just because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living. Just because he lives. My friends, reaffirming our faith and resurrection is the part of why many of us are here today. We need to be reminded of the power of of life over death. And we need to be reminded of the power of hope over despair and love over hatred. And there's only one place on earth that that can be found. And that is by peering into the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. So you see, does it matter that Jesus was victorious over the grave? Yeah, it does. It matters if you've ever lost someone that you loved. 
It matters if you love life and want it to go on forever. And it matters if you want to make any sense of life at all. Are we simply here to take up a little space on earth for a while and then die and be forgotten? No. Life has meaning. Death has been conquered. Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. And that, my friends, is the most amazing good news that we can ever hear. Hallelujah. He lives. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what that word means? It means praise God. And we do praise God because of what Christ has done on Easter Day. He was resurrected from the grave. And that has changed our lives forever. And that makes praise a very appropriate thing. So we're going to do that now. We're going to sing. We got a little teaser just a minute ago, didn't we? Got a little teaser as the as the choir sang a little little bit of the Hallelujah chorus, and we're going to sing that today in recognition of the resurrection of Christ. Our choir is going to stand, and they're going to get ready. And you know what? We're going to invite anybody else who wants to sing to come on up and join the choir today. Yeah, come on. There we go. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> we, we, we got music over here. Yeah, there we go. Come on, let's sing. Um, anybody else want to come? This is a time of celebration. We sing the Hallelujah Chorus together. And of course, with a tradition that was begun when it was first introduced, let us stand in awe of this Hallelujah Chorus.
dance, celebrate, sing, shout for joy. Christ is risen. He goes before us into the world of fear and pain. Christ has called upon us to bring the good news of healing and hope and redemption to the world. So go in peace. Feel the presence of the risen Lord with you right now and always. And go in the joy of Christ's resurrection. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Amen.